0: Welcome to the Kevin and Phillip Project, a podcast with two guys who love to eat, travel, talk sports,
1: and have no idea how to raise teenage girls. Coming to you live from Salina, Kansas. Here are your hosts, Kevin and Phillip.
0: Welcome to Season 5, Episode 3 of the Kevin and Philip Project, coming to you live from the big metropolis of Minneapolis, on Kansas. On the road again? So, yeah, we, we decided this year we're going to try to take the show on the road a little bit, so uh, they're welcoming welcoming us here uh, to to Minneapolis, Kansas. I've had a few beers already, so apologize if I uh,
2: stutter or screw something up. Phil? And we are at the farm in Minneapolis, Kansas, and... Uh, at, like me, if you've never been here before, you'll be very surprised at the how nice this place looks, how good it looks. The, I mean, it's. I'm thinking we're gonna go somewhere that's not. Um New York City-ish. <laughs> I don't, don't, you don't want to throw that town out there, do you? But no, we, no. You don't, we'll talk You don't about expect that what we walked into to walk into in Minneapolis, yep. Kansas. Is yep. that right yep. you and we're say? Gonna, Yep, and we're going to talk with so, Kier, who uh, is for us here one of the owners of the
0: place. And uh, we'll talk to him about that uh, on the second half of the podcast when we of talk about what was the idea behind the place and and why they did it and and what all went into it but uh we're going to switch things up here we're going to talk about the beer actually first um we've got uh, quite a few glasses sitting here in front of us we just tried uh, the october fest it was getting re- getting ready for the fall uh pretty tasty beer um We'll talk about which ones we're drinking here in a few minutes, but we've got the brewer here with us. You Hello. Do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah. Uh, my name is Kyle Bandman. I am the brewer here at the Farm and the Odd Fellows, and ho- hopefully everybody is enjoying the beer so far. So, <laughs> Well, why don't you tell us a little
0: bit about your history, how you started brewing beer, and uh, your journey from that start to why yeah. you're here today?
1: Yeah. No, um, it... It really all began. Um, I guess you could t- trace it back to Little Apple Brewing Company up in Manhattan. Um, I was a K Stater, and I, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Still a little sad after the loss. Sec, Sec. <laughs> I was waiting for something, yeah. <laughs> but I, I found I wasn't too big on the Aggieville scene. I, uh, well, like most college students, I was hunting for a, a good deal and. I discovered that well, I liked the beer a little bit better at Little Apple Brewery, and on Mondays the pints were a dollar fifty. Anything so, as a college student who was enjoying a good beer, this was just—it didn't get any better than that. So I, and it really just fascinated me that right on the other side of that wall was where they were making the beer it didn't come from some big factory in yep. you know st louis or outside of denver it was just right in this building right on the other side of that wall and it got under my skin just this notion of being able to make your own beer and hey it doesn't have to be fizzy and yellow it can be red it can be black it can have a lo- just all sorts of different flavors with the hop intensity and it, it's all but the same four ingredients, so I, that just really fascinated me, and I I wanted to know more, and I got a homebrew kit for Christmas. Been there, done that. <laughs>
0: didn't go well for me.
1: No, my first batch was total garbage, and I think there's still a bottle of it in my parents' refrigerator from 15, 20 years ago, whatever that's been now. And I was, we didn't want to
2: age you, but I was going to say, what year was it that you so kind of <laughs> fell in love with this? Huh? This,
1: this would have been, well... Uh, oh my gosh, I got to go back and type. So I graduated K-State in 2005. So it would have been, you know, somewhere in that 2003 range when it really started to get under my skin. And uh, yeah, that I, I think the homebrew kit came a couple years after graduation at that point when I finally got brave enough to try
2: it. And, and to turn it into a career, though, where does that start? Where, how does that take off?
1: <laughs> so it, you hear, I, I, it, the more brewers I've talked to, the journeys can be pretty humble roots, which I can, kind of fall into that category, Right, come from the homebrew side of things. Uh, or you can go as big as getting like professionally trained. There's the Siebel Institute in Chicago is kind of the big one, which I did look into once upon a time, but that seemed a little too big and too scary for me, so um and i you you know you don't know how serious you're going to be about a a certain thing but
2: um when you started doing your home brewing did did you have one that you said hey this one is really good turned out well my friends liked it and led you down the path of there there were two of them when when it really got going it
1: was a peach wheat beer that i did and then another one and it's actually on the wall here it's a recipe that has survived it's the the old 10w30 stout <laughs> that was one that when uh, some friends and i we we were brewing it and my friend, Ryan, he's like, Hey, that looks like motor oil. And I'm like, Ryan, you just named the beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it, it just kind of stuck. And w- when we tasted that one, when it was finally ready, it was just like, Oh, this is, this is pretty legit between that and the peach wheat, the peach wheat, I kind of chalk up to dumb luck. It was the first all grain batch I did. And I had no idea what you know, controlling variables, what could go wrong. And I thought I was going to screw everything up and then it, became this really nice crystal clear you could have swore i filtered it the peach flavor was spot on and it it really surprised me how how solid that beer came out so being nine know nothing about
2: it so you add peach to it then i mean you're
1: you're yeah this was legitimately like five pounds of colorado peaches went into the beer and took the skin off kind of pulped them up with my mom's old potato masher and we chucked them in as the beer was finishing its boil or right after the boil and part of the process where you're we add hops and other flavors and you know it just kind of seemed like no i I love colorado peaches i look forward to those every year so let's make a beer with that and so it it turned out again beyond my expectations and it was so funny because i could never recreate it the first batch was always the best one (laughs) (laughs) Yep.
0: so so professionally then how did you How did you get to here? I'm assuming
1: there were some other stops before
0: that, because, no offense, but you don't look like you just
1: graduated from college, (laughs) so. Yeah, (laughs) that has been a few years. Yeah, again, yeah, 2005, it's like, oh my gosh, my, yeah, my professional journey was not all beer-related. It, you know, bounced around between newspaper and some graphic art stuff with a a t-shirt shop and uh, substitute teaching, (laughs) and uh, I'm also a swim coach, and it's just, I kind of, I've bounced around so many different gigs, but... The guy, uh, or the situation that put it over the top for me, was getting linked up with Leonard Mater, who had Mo's Place out at, in Beaver, Kansas. That was one of the original, well, yeah, one of the first. I think within the first fifteen breweries in the state of Kansas. He he's un- uh, retired, and it, the business is sold, and it's unfortunately no longer a brewery. But he uh, he was gracious enough to bring me in, and basically let show me the ropes of making beer whenever it worked with my so, schedule. So he
0: did that, and he's kind of who you learned through. Yeah. It wasn't
1: At that point, it wasn't 100% trial and error. You kind of learned under him. Yeah, yeah. He was the one that when I made the that, that homebrew kit that I got that just had the basic uh, syrups that you mix together with water and you yep. throw in a little bit of yeast. Uh, when I brewed with Mo, he was the one that— made all grain brewing and you're physically handling everything, crushing the barley, adding in the hops, oh, the, you know, the whole works. And yep. he, that, that one, the first time brewing with him, I'm like, Oh, I feel like I could do this right away. Like it, it just, it, he made, made it so welcoming. And, uh, again, he, he was so gracious with his time. He just, he put out the, the feeler to me as much as I did to him. It's just like, Hey, I kind of want to show you this. Mm-hmm. And it, for the better part of three years, whenever it worked with my schedule, I'd go out and I'd brew with them, and you know those are memories I cherish. They're just so much fun.
0: I saw you look; you pulled a map up because I was going to ask him <laughs> where the heck is Beaver, Kansas, just south of Russell. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. I saw you pull up it's, Google Maps. Well, there. I, when he
2: said Beaver earlier, I was thinking Beaver, Oklahoma, which is in the right. Panhandle, and I thought, well, I've never heard of Beaver, yeah. Kansas. I was assuming so there just was a, a one Beaver, one-stop, Colorado, one-stop brewery or bar there. Yeah. That he had it, a,
1: beaver's a town of 30 people mo he always told me hey, there's a grain elevator and then there's our little brewery here it, was, it just a very unassuming little building and, and half barrel system did it he make,
2: market his beer to someone local or he it sell was it?
1: very much just a tap room word of mouth he didn't advertise people just told friends who told friends who told friends and they came in bar. and yes. little bar and still one of the best hamburgers i've ever had and i it's and it's uh, I think it's still functioning as Miller Time Pub and Grill now. I think is what they call it. But, um, yeah, the brewery is unfortunately no longer in operation out there. But yeah, it, it's you blink and you miss it kind of town. It's off yep. of a little blacktop out there, and yeah, south of Russell.
2: Again, ignorance. My, you're <laughs> talking to someone's ignorant about brewing beer, but this this back room that we see here with mm-hmm. the, what are they called? Uh, The the Wall of Bright Tanks. uh, (laughs) Yes, the Wall of Bright Tanks, and each one of those is how many gallons? That is 155-gallon capacity. Each each Each, tank. Yeah. And you have 14 14 here. So once you start the brewing, is it an everyday job that you would brew daily, or you just start it and you come back later?
1: It can be. Well, the the brew day itself, it's like a a full work day between – mashing in the grain and transfers and boil and you got to chill it down before you get it over to the fermenter you're cleaning the entire time one of the usual jokes is you're just a glorified janitor as a brewer sometimes but it's not all you know these romantic images of you know burly guys with sacks (laughs) of grain over their shoulder whatever it is no it's, it's a lot of cleaning but uh but yeah no it's it's a full work day um the brew day itself and then fermentation you pitch your yeast right at the end of that day basically and it can take two weeks it can take two months depending on what style you're making and with with our system with having the 14 different varieties it it's kind of can all hit at once it can be a lot of work up front and then it kind of cools off for a while like right now and um (laughs) part part of the uh the the kind of fun of today and you know fighting my little bit of a back pain here that i went through but um um kind of laid me up, and unfortunately why I'm not having a beer. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it was, I guess for my situation right now, it wasn't a lot of work for me today. Like, I right. I was actually up earlier and just taking care of a few little things, clean a few quick things. I was like, well, I'm going to go tend to my back. <laughs> yep. So are the fort- the 14 that are in here are
2: mm-hmm. full? Um, uh, the, the various states of full, I should say. So, so. The, the most popular beer Mm you would run out of you have to start over again and it's ready in what amount of time so i was saying that one is fermented for months the oktoberfest beer. so So does it ferment here in the
1: the vat itself so the the side of the wall that you know from where we're setting our vantage point you can't see the the four fermenters so the fermentation vessels i can keep a beer in there um More or less indefinitely. I can put CO2 on it. I can keep it uh, temperature controlled. That Oktoberfest we made in, I think it was mid-April, and we just served it a couple weeks ago, or put it on tap for serve a couple weeks ago. And it. I guess the the true history of the Marzan Oktoberfest style, you know, Marzan is German for March, so traditionally it was a style brewed in March and then served for the harvest. Yep.
2: So. so they put it in when they plant the seed, and they drink it when they. That's pretty <laughs> much <cut laughs> it. Yeah, yeah damn, okay. So. <laughs> I didn't know the story of. it. That's, yeah. the w- that's the common German way it's done.
1: That that for that particular style, yes. So seven um, months. Yeah. So. so that's okay. crazy. Yeah. No. I uh,
0: going back. I I did the home brew thing a couple times. Um, I mean, it was drinkable. Wasn't <laughs> the best. I did have one batch. This one? That I. Uh, uh, I don't know. Flavor. That's oh, the yeah. stout. That's the white yeah. stout. Yeah, that's. we'll get to that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Yeah,
2: um, let him work his way down the b- wall up here. I, I
0: remember one day sitting in my house, and I heard glass shatter. Oh, you had one blow up? That was weird. <laughs> then I heard it about five minutes later, and I go downstairs in my uh, basement, and I'm watching bottle after bottle explode. <laughs> I didn't do it right. A yep. L- little little too much uh, carbon dioxide in there, and yeah. I, th- I believe that's what it was. The priming, but, uh,
1: priming sugar. So in the bottle. yeah, so right. that
0: was my uh, <laughs> that was my experience, my my beginning and end of my brewing experience. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, so those tanks. So you mentioned yep. there, you know, various states. Like, yeah. so sometimes you'll have a few of those full. Sometimes they won't. I mean, I- I'll say this, and, and I'll talk to Kira about this a little bit too. But, um, you know, I've been to a lot of of micro breweries and mm-hmm. things like that. I, I travel a lot for work. And so I go to a lot of places. I was just, you know, at like river city brewery in yeah. Wichita last week doing with lunch with some customers and stuff. I have to say that the setup and we walked through there before we came down here and sat down to do this. That is impressive. Like just walking in and looking at it, is way more <laughs> impressive
1: than anyone I've ever been to. It it was really and uh, you know hats off to the Swishers for having the uh, the vision and, and, and ability to follow this through because we they they kind of my my extent of being involved in the design process of the brew house was okay how can we make it as efficient as we can that was what they put put the modus on me was okay like, how do you make this the most efficient brew house. For you as the brewer, but also how can we make it a functional facility in terms of not just making beer, but having events in here, turning right. it into a space that people can walk through and check out mm-hmm. and, and you know, really immerse themselves in, in what a brewery is and can be. So, I, I mean, a lot of places... Are, are kind of at the whim of the, their existing architecture, what the building was like, what the layout was like. And we were going to be in a similar situation to that until it was the good news, bad news thing. Um, and Kier might get into this a little bit more too. But the, where we're setting, this was actually supposed to be kind of a center bar area um, with our serving tanks, the bright tanks, with uh, eight of those set up in the middle of this room but structural report came back and said absolutely <laughs> not <laughs> this 100 plus year old building yep. cannot sustain that so just from a weight standpoint from a weight standpoint yeah. is i think what what their exact words was you you could have beer or you could have people but you cannot have both so right. it it was a, a scramble to figure out what what was the best route to go and you know i'm just kind of thinking well let's just put it in the basement and well it, it, that was not part of the the overall <laughs> yeah. vision so yeah they uh they built this addition on stilts. it's a, a a brewery, yeah, that just kind of floats back there above the the, the dentist parking lot so okay, oh, okay. so that yep. was added on from yes. that wall where all the tanks and everything that, that is all new construction okay. over there, yeah, hmm. so and it you know went from made the event space functional, made the brewery a lot more functional. Again, just, yep. it just it it was it worked like out. A, yeah, it worked out great. So <laughs> well
2: the way that everyone loves open openness you look at it now and yep. think, well I wouldn't even probably like yep. it as much if they were in the middle. I yep. don't know. Yeah, yeah. So yep. that that works out perfect.
0: So walk us through brewing a beer. I I'm assuming with the um, popularity of microbrews over the past few years that more and more people probably know about it. But just yeah. at a kind of a high level, the process, the steps that you kind of go through to to uh, not only make a beer, but when you're thinking about a new something new yeah. and, and what you
1: what you consider and what you think about before you do that. Right. Yeah. No. It, it, a lot of it you, uh, prep work starts a few days, in some cases, a few weeks beforehand, and um kind of settling on what style we want to make um if it's you know this time of year i'm my brain's starting to go into like okay what's we got winter now coming right. up i need to think about uh, like maybe a little bit of a heavier scotch ale mm-hmm. or uh, maybe doing another imperial stout something along those lines and uh so you you got to make sure you have your ingredients on hand and we source those from Uh, There is a Kansas malt company, there is a Kansas hop company, you can get locally grown ingredients and that is ever expanding but there are some ingredients that we do have to go out of state for and uh, just hops, a lot of traditional growers up in the Pacific Northwest make sure we get varieties we need from if we need to get them from there. Grain comes from Colorado, also from the Pacific Northwest, kind of Canada. One of our grains has a, a, the the malted oats come from Canada for that beer, and it's just kind of yeah, what you need. You got to make sure you're planning ahead because when you get to brew day, if you're missing something, well, you you're, you're locked yep. in. you yep. you you. I love. Fortunately, I, yeah, I've been playing my cards right and I haven't ran into that situation. <laughs> so so yeah, no, it's uh, kind of making getting all your. You know, eyes dotted and T's crossed before you even right. get to throwing grain into water, and um, usually things really kick in the day before. I'll weigh out the grain, get all my pro- proportions set, um, get get my water level set, and the the water that I'm going to brew with up to temperature. Um, so it, that's another one. If I got caught and I didn't have my big tank at 180 degrees. That thing takes, uh, it, that's about 300 gallons, and uh, again, if I if I started from ground temperature to- Takes a while. It takes a little <laughs> while, so yeah, start that up the night before, um, so that way when I get in uh, morning of a brew day, it is uh, throw the, the grain into the, the crusher, uh, get it at, mix it with the hot water as it goes into the mash tun, get everything stirred up. Uh, check my temperatures. If need to make any adjustments on the fly with that, I can do so. Um, uh, let the grain hang out for about an hour with the hot water. Um, then we there's a fun word uh, called Vorlauf. Uh, it's a uh, German root for recirculation. A lot of German words in brewing <laughs> get bounced over. It's, go figure. Um, but the Vorloff process, uh, that takes about 15 to 20 minutes. And then about another hour, hour and a half to get the liquid to transfer from the mash tun to our brew kettle. That's a pretty large volume of water. we got to bring it all the way up to a boil. Sometimes that takes a little while. Um, as well, um, if you play your cards right and things are flowing well, as that process can take as little as, a, again, I think I said about an hour and a half. We've had it take as long as about four hours before. Okay. A, lot, a lot of variables that you're yep. trying to control with... Uh, you know how thick your mash is and how well things flow so um in the kettle it spends about an hour we add hops whatever other flavors we're doing for a particular batch then we've got to chill it down mm-hmm. uh because you you know yeast will die if you yep. pitch it too hot, too hot. so <laughs> you got to keep that yeast happy and if we're ideally looking for 70 degrees or under um if we're doing a lager, it's 50 degrees right. or under somewhere thereabouts and um uh, that process can take uh, again about another 30 minutes or so and it's kind of like you add all that up and you're like yeah that's a pretty full yeah, day when all's said yeah. and done
2: so yeah it's again uh, is all this done in this room and, right here and all Everything of that's done is, is, is yeah right there right in that room so so uh, those things can be heated up each one of those tanks can uh, be heated up or is there a separate separate yeah. one yeah, on the other yeah. side okay. yeah. so yeah. But I I, d-
1: I can't see from here. Yeah, the the fun part with that that wall and just it, when people come in and they see that and yeah. it's just it's yeah that, that big imposing thing, and it's not to like you know be at the buzzkill, but I, I always describe it like think of them as big kegs is all they are. It's like it's a big keg, and so it's everything
2: what, else is done on yeah. the other side. Okay, <laughs> yeah.
1: okay. So, but yeah, no, it's so you're getting the freshest of the fresh that way. It's not going. I mean, we do keg if we're, like, getting prepped for a fe- festival or if I need to get some product out of the way in one of the bright tanks, then, um, you know, we'll, then we will keg it if we have to or we'll put it into our cans up in the, the fridge up front there. But, um, but yeah, no, they we, we liked that idea for keeping the beer fresh and... Keeping it minimally processed, I guess, if you want to think of it that yep. way, it's one less transition point, one less. The spot one he's to drinking, introduce.
2: you said, started in March. Mm-hmm. The other ones can be just done in a day's time or a week's time. Couple of weeks, a couple um, weeks. Time. Yeah, um,
1: I if I really was pushing, I could probably turn one around in about a week, but I probably wouldn't be terribly happy with the product. Okay. So <laughs> I would, I would want to. I think the the shortest turnaround I've ever done was right at two weeks uh, from brew day. To the day it was served, and that was early, early on in the process, and we were just trying to get everything filled up and ready to open. So, yep. well, that's about as fresh as you can get two weeks from yep. start to drinking. That's so that's a short period. So some of, time. of those uh, some of those ales, the uh, oh, nice light blonde ale, or even yeah. th- I think the brown ale was the one too that was just a super quick. It was like we brewed it, and it just like oh, we're ready to go with this already. It's it's there. So. <laughs>
2: So there's 14 different ones. How often has these, those 14 changed? Uh, one had to be empty, for so you only had 13 for a while mm-hmm. if one was waiting for Oktoberfest. Yeah. <laughs> so there was 13 different drinks up here at that time maybe, and what would you do with your extra space that you had up there? Sell a Chardonnay or something? <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: no, actually, the way, well, with the Oktoberfest, the way we played that, we had a, 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 a Dunkels Bach. Um, we called it a mini Bach was the name of that one, and I had about four kegs, uh, 20 gallons worth of it left. Uh, and so I just put it in those kegs, put it down in storage, and now that beer is actually on one of the taps, on the the guest taps on the end of the wall, um, because I was like, oh, I'm getting a little tired of waiting for this Oktoberfest. <laughs> I'm really excited to get it over, but mini-bock mini was such a good beer too, where I'm like, I don't just, we, we, we don't dump any product unless... You know, it it gets a little old, or if it's yeah, you can kind of tell. Beer does have a shelf life. It's not unless it's like over ten percent. It's not going to be like wine where it's going to age and mature. Beer is. It's kind of like it's meant to be consumed. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily get better with age. Yeah,
2: (laughs) but you you said that there are some that you have canned. Mm -hmm. And when you mean when you say canned, you're not talking about like a pop a top yeah can, mm-hmm. sitting same? There.
1: yeah yeah that, so who,
2: who who cans them for you me you, you <laughs> know yeah.
1: so there's
0: a cooler yeah. over there
1: and they're in there yeah uh we we have a countertop can seamer the it's uh, okay. That they're called crowlers is kind of the industry term for them the the 32 ounce and then there's also uh you can get modifications to the machine to get uh retool it to make it a a 12 12 or a 16 ounce ours is set up to do uh 16 and 32 so uh it's it's such a uh becoming more of a common thing where you don't have to have a large scale canning operation it is kind of labor intensive on on me and then well (laughs) my assistant brewer slash girlfriend who's not here today but she uh uh Kathleen is a big help. She loves running so, the canning. Machine, so was she so. a
0: girlfriend or an assistant brewer first? Uh, girlfriend okay. first. Yeah, we
1: we kind of came as a
2: package deal to the farm. So, um. well, we haven't we haven't talked about the different flavors just yet, but. Yep yeah and you're going to and he he just brought us something else that looks
0: and i know you're on a little bit of a timeline so we'll talk to Kier about the names because he was kind of walking through some of those i can can get into to some of that if you'd like for sure well we'll let him do that since i know you got to get to to swim practice and stuff but you know of the beers that are on the wall right now um what are your favorites and
1: why Right now it it is definitely Oktoberfest season for me and I I really like the yeah the how Rosie's dance turned out what we decided we'd call uh, the Oktoberfest there um, I'm also really big on the Hellas, uh, bat wolf helles is uh, that well Munich style Hellas. it's it is just kind of a f- fancy way to say a light german lager okay. it, it's not going to be as hoppy as a pilsner and a pilsner's not even all that hoppy really it's just got a a little bit more of a pronounced hop flavor but the hellas is just really really nice and smooth and uh, so those two are the ways i've currently usually been looking but i say that and i'm also a a big hop head i i I think most brewers do just absolutely love their ipas and (laughs) it gets (laughs) under your skin when you say
2: that no beer expert. Let yep. me tell you what I do. Drink McClub Ultra. Right. <laughs> so this is not, so when you're saying that, you're mm-hmm. talking about the darker beers? The No, not necessarily.
1: Not, not uh, It can be, but not necessarily. So I think, uh, well, so kick it back to a little bit of the history element here. I was a history major at K-State. so <laughs> But putting that de- degree to use in any little way I can, IPA, I. It, it's so funny to me, when I started out, becoming a craft beer fan, becoming a brewer. Like I think ev- pretty much everybody knew in IPA stood for India Pale Ale and now I don't I don't know if it's all that common that if you just winged that around to your average customer yeah. that came in there it's so to me it's still kind of fun. It's like after all this time there is still this like kind of history and education element that goes into it and I love the history of the styles, you know, we were talking about the Marzen and the Oktoberfest and india pale ale the hoppy beers uh, are associated with ipas because the origin of the style was the brits uh, at their colonies in india they wanted uh, good ale to survive that boat ride to get down there and the beer was spoiling and brewers being the crafty folks they were they're like hey we need to you know you know satisfy our customers here and well figured out if we added more hops the beer was surviving that boat trip a little bit better hmm. And so when they got, you know, got to the colonies in India, K State
2: history guys. <laughs> hey, everybody, listen up! It's K State. Hey, we history. know our beer history. <laughs> oh my I, God! One of
1: my first papers I wrote my freshman year was What's like your a history your record against of beer. Missouri. <laughs> uh, <laughs> too soon, right? Too soon, but but yeah, it, it's it, it's just kind of fun that each little style can kind of tell its own story like that, and yeah. And yep. now that it's almost kind of become a forgotten I, thing, I just so. learned something new. I had Let's no idea. Let's pretend
2: like that. I I was come up here and, and drink, and and I do want the lighter beer. Yep. When I go up to the wall, what is my choices on a lighter? And I'm, yeah. Maybe this doesn't even exist. We'll talk about it. a low carb. Low, car- <laughs> low uh. carb. Low <laughs> carb. Yeah. I don't know or, if or I've got low, any... <laughs> is there not a such thing as, when you're when you're doing it this way? There,
1: no, there, there absolutely can be. Um, and, and basically, you're just looking at the ABV on a beer, if that's the case. Um, so the, if you're just looking for color, yeah, like the Hellas. I do have the, the Cannonball Pilsner up there. Uh, Golden Adewiesen, uh that's our wheat beer. Um, and that one clocked in at 4.7 percent this time around so if i we kind of steer the the folks who do go for yep. the light you know McLob ultras yep. or yep. light, whatever it is like so yeah give give golden ada in a shot or give the hellas a shot see what you think on that and it's a <laughs> they're they're good gateway beers to kind of get in and explore oh, some you. of those so there you he go you brought me one over and yep. what would this one be <laughs> um that, that, oh, that one is the hell list there. So, yep. Okay. Uh, so, I'm going to ask you about this one now.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. So, I'll, I'll give you the backstory So, I've been here a couple times, um, but but one time was cut short um, for my own personal reasons. <laughs> the other his one, wife told you, him to get his ass home. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we did our company Christmas party here. Okay. Back in, well, we don't do it in December, so it's probably January. But gotcha. So, this stout... And I, I'm a, I love stouts in the wintertime. That's like my go-to. And I saw this, and I've never had a, a stout that looked like this before. Right. Um, so I had to try it. And I tried a couple other ones, but I kept going back to this beer that night. And this is, of the ones I've tried so far, my favorite. But part of the reason is, is because it completely blows my mind on everything <laughs> I know about stout. You smell it. You taste it. It smells like a stout, it tastes like
1: a stout, it does not look but like a stout. it does not look like. So it's see-through
2: almost, yeah.
0: right? Yeah. So so tell you the history behind this so, one.
1: So yeah, that it's kind of funny. It's like that one is kind of just a recent creation of the the craft beer industry calling a beer a white stout uh, because it's it's just kind of a made-up thing. Uh, the I was at a oh, an event buddy of mine invited me to he just called it a beer share somebody was cleaning it cleaning out his beer fridge and okay. just like hey let's have some samples and well as those nights like that typically progress i wasn't remembering a lot of what i was trying but different? i remember one of the labels said white stout on it and that just kind of stuck in my brain i don't remember much of anything about the beer i just remembered white stout mm-hmm. and i kind of got obsessed with that and I'm like, i went i could figure out how to brew that and it, it in the simplest I guess way to sum it up, it's a coffee beer, but yep. just, you know, because branding and marketing mm-hmm. and sometimes it's fun to call something, uh, you know, a different thing. And I, uh, with what I do with my brewing style, I'm very much traditional with a twist is like, I how ha- like want to describe how I approach the job and um, how could I take a blonde ale, but put a twist on it. Um, and then I thought back to that white stout and I'm like, all right, now's the time to figure out if I can Infuse coffee, infuse cocoa nibs, infuse bourbon, a little bit of smoke flavor, but still keep the beer light. And it, it, it wasn't as crazy, like, intense and, and as hard as I drew it up in my brain. It just kind of making sure that, okay, well, don't crush the coffee beans because you don't want to let color leach out. Um, well, okay, how do you get smoke flavored in there? Well, you got smoked malt, so use a little bit of smoked barley the the cocoa nibs the same way it's like you're not using like cocoa powder or you know like not just squirting hersey's chocolate syrup into the the kettle or (laughs) anything like that it's you're actually taking the 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 raw well mostly kind of whole form cocoa nibs from Mm -hmm. the plant excuse me the plant and um and again i'm a uh, you know always thinking of cleaning and sanitizing and all that and i'm like well i want my coffee beans and my cocoa nibs clean going in there But, ooh, here's a way to get some more dark flavor in that. I'm going to soak them in bourbon before I throw them in. And all that added up, and no color was affected. It looked the same going from the mash to the kettle to the fermenter that it did into the bright tank. Well, maybe a twinge darker if I'm being totally honest, but I I think (laughs) it was mission accomplished, and it's become one of our most popular beers and kind of a signature beer for us that it's one that I don't think we'll ever not make. It'll always have Good. a spot on the so whenever I like to hear that.
2: Whenever it starts running out and getting low, mm-hmm. are you a week ahead of it to yeah. get it going? <laughs> so it's staying on the other wall, what you're talking about. And then as soon as it's done, it transfers back yeah. over into, your, yep. into yeah. your big keg.
1: So I, and looking at levels, um, we're probably looking at, Doing that as a, a brew session within the next couple at least anyway we've we're down to about thirty five gallons remaining of the of the white stout, so, so yeah that it'll, process will take yeah give me two weeks t- give me two to three weeks on that two. one with the cocoa nibs and the coffee going in, and yeah i I can plan it ahead and play it and we this is batch number three of the white stout, and it is uh, yeah i can I can plan ahead and get it to where. It, it might be like a couple of days just in transfer, cleaning out the old the, the tank and making sure there's nothing funny in there. And or then you, you make sure that it's,
2: it's completely empty, mm-hmm. cleaned out, and then yep. the new batch goes well, in. If, if Keir keeps
0: bringing me more, there's only going to be about 32 gallons <laughs> left before we leave. Well, so. A,
2: a, so, another me, thing I want to ask one
0: more question on this, real quick. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, when you make a new beer mm-hmm. like this, so. I mean, I know you kind of have a pretty good idea of of your ratio of ingredients and stuff, but... Do you make a smaller batch first and try it out, or are you are you confident enough in your abilities that let's just roll with a full batch and see what happens?
1: I it, it, well, and the way things progressed with us and the the brewery being like the last part of the building that opened up, I was doing a lot of test batches out of the uh, the, the the dentist office break room was my brewery for a while. I was making. I was just doing my I've home. Been going drink. to the wrong dentist, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. five gallons at a time. I was. I had. A, I had my old Gatorade cooler with the false bottom. on it and I was making a lot of our test batches and it is kind of amazing how many of those beers that we we tried out on small scale there that then graduated up so yeah the we brought back the the old 10w30 the the stout that looks like a stout the white stout was a batch we did a handful of times the uh, rosemary rye IPA that was another one that we we brewed at least three times on small scale but and before we took it big Um, the oat ale, that was another one we did on small scale a few times. Um, but then there are others that I is, I have gotten to the point now where like the, um, Oh, the Hellas was one. We just, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I feel good enough that we can just go right into it. I don't need to mess with doing that on small scale.
2: We we usually try to make a Seinfeld uh, reference on every show. <laughs> so do you have a recipe like the soup Nazi? Do you have a recipe box that's do, down yeah. in the bottom of your like? If I <laughs> stole your recipe box, you'd be in trouble.
1: Well, it I I kind of you know don't keep all the eggs in one basket, but I do have a fun binder with that I have handwritten notes. I've got a computer program that I log everything on. <laughs> and I've got don't, don't keep it all in that and, same and I, that the same place. <laughs> and I have an app on my phone that I can store recipes on as well. So I've got them all spread apart there. <laughs>
0: okay. Good. Well, I've got an interesting question yeah. that you're maybe unprepared for. So it might take you a second to come up with this. But okay. like I said, obviously, as we all know, the craft beer, the, the microbreweries, and all kind of had a resurgence over the past decade or so. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, what do you think is a common misconception about craft beer and craft brewers? Not counting your comment about the cleaning, because that's you've already <laughs> said that.
2: So you got to come up with something Uh-oh,
1: else. Oh, a, a misconception on it. Um,
2: let, let me give you my misconception, <laughs> or oh, okay. let's just okay. see if he okay. thinks this is true. Right. I think they get you drunker than if I was just sit around the house and drink Michelob Ultra. Six uh, of them. I mean, just you just you drink, it's gets yeah. more of a. They're more alcohol volume in them than, right? or true. wrong. Yes, true.
1: Now here, so okay, I know so to this cut myself a- off
2: earlier <laughs> at good a for brewery
1: you. than at other places. This is a this is a good parlay. Okay, so yeah, no, this would be a good misconception here. It's like okay, yeah, it w- probably would get you a little bit more messed up a little bit quicker, but my argument would be that you don't. When you wake up the next morning, you don't feel nearly as bad. I would 100% agree with that. The adjuncts, we're not using as much filler product Mm -hmm. on this side. Pretty much everything is straight barley with, you know, maybe the exception of some flaked corn in the pilsner. But we're not not supplementing with any other sugars typically with what we do here. So it's... I don't, you know, we'll, we'll brag on it. Yeah, it's a cleaner product, I guess you could say, a more pure beer product. I, I, if you're, if you're wanting to get on the high horse, I suppose, from the, the craft brewing side of things. But I, you know, and I, I, I can attest to it from personal experience. I, <laughs> if I've had a few of uh, the beers from the tap wall here, um, and the, the morning, the next morning, isn't nearly as painful as if I'm just. Uh, throwing away some hams or something right, out of the lake right. or something so like that.
2: So. <laughs> <down to their laughs> lake,
1: yeah Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking okay, about? One, the, one, guy? Of the,
2: one of the um, fun things I would think about coming in here would be, and I don't know if y'all do this and maybe you do, is being able to talk to you. What are you yeah. doing to make this? Yeah. So, or do you do you interact with the
1: I I yeah, customers
2: it, and the crowd and
1: it, it is always a, a fun thing because I will given the opportunity I'll talk your ear off. It is yeah. one of those that I do. I, maybe I don't know if the, if that's the coach in me or if that's the whatever in me, but I do really enjoy sharing what we do in there because I think I I, I was always naturally curious about. I would want brewers. to hear it if yeah. I brought
2: a group of my friends here. I'd want to go.
1: How's this happening? What's yeah? Him?
2: It it is. very... And I, plus, I want to make sure the guy's not a crankhead or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah. think we're good there. Yeah, and yeah. It, so we're good on this place.
1: The 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 gentleman he a uh, uh, couple years ago, the Michael Travis, who wrote the Exploring Kansas Breweries book, or Celebrating, I'm sorry, Celebrating Kansas Breweries book. Um, he we, when he came up and interviewed us, and I've gotten to go to a couple of his talks and interact with him outside. I, well, for one, the dude is just genuine. He loved doing this project. It was, yeah. it was so neat to hear his story, and then, but relaying other breweries' stories. And the one talk I went to, uh, he, w- he had made a comment about how he pointed me out. Well, again, I'm going to chat your ear off. Um, but he's like, you go to any brewery, and if you just casually ask if the brewer's around, as long as they're not... We're not, you know, hip Working. deep in brewing. Yeah. Right. We will genuinely try to migrate out and go mingle, hold court, whatever you want to call it there. And, yeah, it it is a common thing. It's not just me. It is uh, – I, I have noticed that with brewers that I've interacted with almost anywhere. We, we went up to uh, Chicago last um, winter, and, of course, I'm like, well, I haven't been to, like, any breweries up here, so we need to go chit-chat around and went to – Uh, one called two hound red and just it was just us there was a big party in the back they cleared out then it was just kathleen and i sitting at the bar and just just the bartender casually heard that we worked in a brewery and like we were comparing beers next thing i know we're getting like the full tour back and chatting and at least comparing equipment notes and the whole thing and it's like you you just the term i've come up with it is you, you just you get to be a beer geek you geek yep. out for a while, and it's, yep. yeah, you, you you have a hard time stopping.
0: <laughs> All right. We're about done with this. We'll, get it, we'll let well, him get I on his way. End. I hate the end.
2: We only have an hour. People will oh turn shoot. the radio <laughs> off. Yeah,
0: 45 minutes to an hour, and then we, it gets too long. <laughs> yeah, so. oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> but if
2: there's anything that you wanted to tell people. I, I got one question. That, yeah. Oh, real quick, okay. and, then you, and then we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> what you, if you could drink any beer,
0: not of any of these. What would you drink? What's your Ooh. what's your go-to? What's your favorite beer? Oh, my goodness gracious. It's not going to be Michelin Walter, it's I guarantee that. <laughs> <I guarantee>
2: that. <laughs> um, Neither is mine. I'd oh. be a heavy drinker if I
1: wasn't diabetic. It's like if I – oh, my gosh. If I had to, like, pick one from the memory uh, – the one I was go Ethos IPA, when the original yeah. Tallgrass was still mm-hmm. a thing. I, and I love what Wichita Brewing Company is doing and bringing back some of those old labels. But – the original tall grass ethos, when that can debuted back in 2010, whatever it was, it was just like mind blowing. Like, mm. I have never had a beer with this much complexity come out of a can before. I've had a few other craft beers and cans, but I hadn't had one that tasted. Quite like and that, and I,
0: I've not had that. I, I, I'm at one point I tried to get it because that got to be the point where it was really hard to get yeah. your hands on, and then I just gave up because it yeah. <laughs> wasn't worth it. Well, they, the they had issues with like label and
1: naming, and yep. a, I think it was a winery that had issue with them calling it, because they had a wine called Ethos and their beer was called Ethos. It, it was like this whole thing, and then the beer uh, disappeared. Thank again, thank goodness Wichita Brewing Company had the connection mm-hmm. with Tallgrass and they were able to bring that label back and. Uh, it, it was, I don't know if I had just built it up so much in my brain, but when I tried it again, I, I think I had like two or three uh, pints down there at one of the pubs in, in, in Wichita, and I just, I was happy. So it good. was good. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right. Good to know. Yeah, I,
1: I, yeah, I didn't realize it was still around. So yeah, it, it's,
0: maybe I can't get my hands on one after all now. <laughs> it,
1: yeah, I, they always rotate through those old those old labels there, but it um, it kind of varies what you, what what they have at a given time. But yeah, mom,
2: that is my buzzer buzzer. Yep, <laughs> yep. Philip might be dying on us. We're not oh. sure yet. So <laughs> yeah, if she hears that buzzer. She starts squealing at me. Oh, did she text you already. Oh
0: yeah, God. it just so. went off thirty seconds you know, ago.
2: Yeah. All right, go ahead, Philip. All Sorry. Right. That, <laughs> I don't want you to leave here without saying something that, yeah. I mean, is there something that you love about this place where you found it, how you found the place? You you tell me. Well, Is there something <laughs> you don't want to miss saying when you leave here? Cause oh, it's just, I,
1: what an amazing experience it's been to, to be a part of this and to help, yeah, you know, in what whatever small way it was to, you know, kind of see this idea come to fruition and then to I my my usual joke is no nobody's thrown a beer back in my face yet so (laughs) you know I and I yeah and yeah I know not everything's been an absolute home run each and every time but each beer I've been very proud of how it's came out and um, I haven't had any regrets on any of them yet so uh, it's just yeah for people to come experience this place and to get to share those stories and to chat with You know somebody who heard about us because of a random article or whatever it was that swung in from kansas city or you know people swinging through from colorado and did get some of that the feedback that you know it's like oh no i yeah i'm i'm I'm, like a legitimate brewer here you know i still have to pinch myself sometimes like i get to do this is there the travelers (laughs) that go
2: travel and go to oh yeah Different yeah breweries. yeah yep. so
1: we, we've been a stop on people either heading up north to Cortland and irrigation ales or out to Flyboys and sylvan grove yeah or you know stopping at blue sky and Sly. so there's just so many little breweries and we all like to send you know customers to each other's right. places because it's really yeah you're your competitors sure but it's a friendly competition because you know if we're doing good that hopefully means irrigation ales is doing good that means Flyboys is doing good and so we're we're all trying to lift each other up and i think that's you now again you know, a neat part about this community that i i haven't been a part of a ton of different industries but this one in particular has just got a really neat feel to it across the board and it's like who doesn't love just hanging out and having a good beer with somebody right so, yeah i'm having a pretty so. good time good yeah <laughs> <laughs> so well, Kyle,
0: we
2: appreciate it. Well, thank, uh, uh, thank you yeah. for coming up here and, and sitting down <laughs> with us for of a little course, bit. Of course, of um, course. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Yep, yep. Yeah, yep. And, I mean, keep coming gonna, up with and new and ones. You're driving here from McPherson every day.
1: Most every day, yep, yeah. yep, that's right. So it's uh, it, it's worth it. So, yep, yeah. <laughs> Got to have those passions. There's not a there, – yep
2: brewery at all in McPherson, is there? There like
1: is. Three Rings uh, yeah. was opened up uh, about so it was 2016, I believe, they got going. Where are they? Uh,
2: are they down on Main Street? They're out
1: or? on the edge of town like yeah, on the bypass, old 81 okay. bypass. So, I've not yeah. been
2: out there. I, I
1: highly recommend them. They've got they've got a fantastic IPA. Uh, that's us- my usual go-to out there, but they pretty much cross the board. I like all of their beers. Right.
2: So. Okay. <laughs> Well, that you are—you are friendly enough to your competition, if it is competition. But that's neat because of you all do the same thing, and yeah. every flavor is probably different yeah. wherever yep. you go. So. Yeah. yeah, we we could brew the exact same recipe. I may get on the trail myself. <laughs> Just start going to all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Just make
1: sure you got your insulin ready. We don't want you insulin to die on us. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, we right. appreciate the time. Thanks right. for joining yeah, us. Nice yeah. to meet you. Nice to meet yep. you guys. Cheers, and uh, yep. appreciate you. Yep. No, thank you very much. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Kevin and Phillip project podcast. If you would like more information about our podcast guests and to join in on the discussion, please visit our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash Kevin Phillip project. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us.